0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for walk well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
1: Well mobilecom Well, you know right now, Joel, what I would do to have one of those Pizza Hut Express pizzas. <laughs> but anyway, we uh, are moving forward here, of course, as always. The Pirates got a really important win today. Well, really important is a relative way to say it, but they did okay uh, in salvaging at least a split of their series in Detroit. Joining us now from the and uh, Hotline around every corner, and Creates Real Life Magic for Guests, is uh, Jason Mac? He was on his road back on the road back from Detroit, and Jason, you know, it, it looked like they were going to be playing against a very difficult pitcher today, but they ended up scoring eight runs. Yeah, they just needed a challenge, Paul. Uh, the rest of baseball
2: was just too easy for them. I guess that was the problem. Um, I don't know, man. I went into this one today thinking they were really in a bad place. Um, that clubhouse was. Depressed, I really thought they were going to make a move and, and just even to send a message. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez has been absolutely fantastic for the Tigers, the pitcher you're mentioning. Um and given up one run in his past five starts. The Pirates had scored 22 in their previous thir- 14 games. And go figure. Um, and really, they didn't do anything that crazy. Austin Hedges actually got a hold of one, drove it to the outfield. Two runs come in. Um, Rodolfo Castro, pretty big home run. They get four runs in the seventh inning, just kind of moving. You know, the the merry-go-round goes around. Um, Stuff that is within their control and they can do over and over again. Approaches were much better at the plate. This looked like the Pirates team that we saw for April. I don't expect these guys to be around all the time, um, but – You know, what are we, May 17th, May 18th, whatever the heck it is. It's basically the first time we've seen that team back in a while. So I thought it was a really important win for their confidence. Rich Hill was also really, really good. I mean, they'll obviously take all the starting pitching they can get. um, Got Oviedo back on the mound Friday against the Diamondbacks. I think that's going to be important as well. But I was just, I I was impressed and truly surprised that things turned out the way they did today.
1: Yeah, uh I think it's good. The, the other thing is if they lose, you know, now you're 22 and 21 uh as opposed to 23 and 20. And I know it's very very early, but I've got to believe that, you know, staying above the 500 mark is going to be important for their confidence and you know the way they feel about themselves. Yeah, and that's a,
2: the, one of the things with the, this Pirates team, right? Like you hear, oh, it's early, it's early, it's early. Well, if things go sort of as they're projected or you can expect, I mean, not to be the bearer of bad news here, but I'm not sure the playoffs are in the Pirates' future, right? So you want to try to sustain this for as long as possible. Ride it out. Don't don't let a, a bad 2 weeks snowball on you, which they have been in danger of doing. And so they show progress this season. I, I go back to something that you and I have talked about since the beginning of this thing where... I mean, the win total better start with a seven, um, and I would hope it's 74, 75, 76 wins. Uh, They can't win 60-some games this year. And so in order to make hay and get some some work done toward that, they need to win games now. Like, I do expect a bit of a tail-off after the trade deadline, late in the season. Guys are going to be hurt. Guys are going to be gone. Maybe they're not as productive. So now's the time they need to be winning games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You want to try and do it. And again, a lot of it has come down to uh, their bats. um, And, you know, because their pitching has actually been, even even during this losing streak, their pitching has been relatively good, hasn't it?
2: It has. It has. And I don't know the numbers offhand, but you can look back even during this stretch I mean, they, they, they've got a top-ten rotation in baseball. You know, you can pull some metrics and support that. I think that's pretty fair. Um, their, bullpen is their bullpen has been good when guys are pitching in the roles they're supposed to be pitching in. And I know that sounds like a logical statement, but when I say that, I think about the Baltimore game where you've got Jose Hernandez pitching the seventh in a one-run game on the road. Like, that, that's not a role he should be pitching in. But if they get a lead and they're going to go Underwood or Stevenson in the seventh, Holderman in the eighth, Bednar in the ninth. That's a pretty solid setup. I'll take that. And if you have hit Hernandez pitching earlier in the game or, you know, Moretta earlier in the game, that group's been fine. But to your point, Paul, the pitching as a whole has been very good. Uh, they're going to get Vince Velasquez back in relatively short order, too. Um, he threw a, a side session today. He's going to make a rehab start in a couple days. I wouldn't expect him to be much later than that. I think that turn in the rotation comes up on Tuesday. You can probably fudge some things with the off day and get around it. But, you know, in a week, I would expect Velasquez to be back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. It's uh, Their pitching has, has actually impressed me. And I think if you get good pitching every night or reasonably good pitching every night, you know, uh, you're going to give yourself a chance. And that's the thing. Uh, we're still talking a lot about uh, the catching position, but Austin Edges actually contributed today from the, uh, the at the plate. Pretty good at best, And honestly, this hasn't been the
2: worst road trip in the world for Austin Hedges. He's gotten on base a little bit. And I mean, we know they don't need him to do much. They're not expecting him to do much. But you'd like more than 140. You know, you'd like an OPS, preferably in the low 600s, probably going to have to settle for something in the fives. But uh, I, the, the Austin Hedges thing kills me uh, because, like, you knew he was bad offensively. He's been bad offensively, and then the whole fan base is acting like he committed some sort of war crime because he's bad offensively. You knew he was going to be bad offensively. Uh, the problem is that too many other people have been bad offensively, and so we're going to fixate on the number nine hitting catcher. Why? I mean, you, you weren't expecting to get anything there. Um, it, that, that's my rant, but I, I he's added value to this team in other ways. I like Austin Hedges as a player. I think people have gone off the deep end a little bit with blaming him for things, but it's also fair to ask for more than they've gotten out of him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. that's uh, uh, frustrating when they were struggling uh, to, to score, which they have until today. You wonder, you know, should they favor putting a bat in the lineup over him? Uh, but, uh, they're very much committed to keeping him uh, keeping him as their guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a way to do
2: this, frankly, without
1: removing Austin
2: Hedges from that position. And I also think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the, the development of Andy Rodriguez or Henry Davis to be, be around Austin Hedges. Like He's really smart. He's a really good dude. He knows what he's doing. He puts a lot of time and effort and has been around and knows what it takes to prepare for a major league game. If you're the Pirates, why not try to – have that rub off on your young catchers. Like, you know, I'm probably going to tell those guys, like, look, we probably don't want to, you know, mimic what he does offensively. That's okay. So, you know, just be yourself. But, like, this is how you handle the pitching staff. This is how you call a game. This is how you pre-scout. Um, they can benefit from that. So, uh, again, the, the Pirates, if you look at their roster, to me, Paul, have a lot of, like, dead weight. And I know people can jump on that comment or whatever. But you, what I mean by that is you have – Positions that can be distilled down. You don't need Chris Owings, Tukapita Marcano, Rodolfo Castro, G1 Bay. Like that's basically four guys for what should be three spots. Um, Josh Palacios, I'm sure he's a very nice kid. I have no idea what he's doing on this team. You know, I would, I would go get Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez. I, I wrote something to that effect after the first game of the Tiger Series. I'd do it just to send a message. Just to send a message to my fans saying I'm going to bring this kid up, give him a shot send the message to the kids saying, if you hit, we're going to reward you. I don't care which one it is. Just figure it out. Give him DH and Henry in right field. I don't care. Put him behind the plate. You can make it work. If he hits, cool. He stays. If he doesn't, he's going back. Um, but, yeah, you can you can do it in an unnatural way and add a bat in there.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, I just think that there are, there are other ways if you do want to add a bat. Uh, but to me – I would I would agree with you. As long as they, you know, have a plan and they want to stick to it, um, you know, some would say maybe they've stuck to it too long, but baseball's a, 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 a sort of an ebb and flows, isn't it?
2: It is, and I think what irritates people is they don't understand what the Pirates are doing because the Pirates don't explain what they're doing very well. Um, you know, and I, I don't blame people for not understanding the plan because I don't totally understand the plan. Ben Sherrington goes on the radio Sunday and says that, Henry Davis is in double-A because he needs to catch every day. You know, he caught twice this past week. He's in right field twice. Um, people hear that, and you see the facts, and, like, they don't square up. And and just, there's not a lot of um, explanation as to why that is. And, you know, I look at it, too. Um, you know, like, why not bring Henry to triple-A? Why not try to merge him and Andy together? I mean, it's not like they're both going to be able to catch at the major league level. So, I, yeah there there are plans in place and there's nothing wrong with sticking to them to your point but i think a, a little more transparent explanation would not be the worst thing either
1: <laughs> um the um uh, uh interesting thing uh, is a guy by the name of josh palacios <clears throat> who seems to be the the latest guy that has all these uh, pirate fans triggered um i don't know i know I, I i mean i know he played he had a bad play the other game but uh, wh- why do why do pirate fans get so triggered by guys who are obviously just sort of placeholders for a very short time <laughs>
2: yeah I, I I love it in a way um, it's a relationship with a fan base unlike I think any other beat reporter has uh, certainly not you know in Pittsburgh I don't think we get this on any other beat but uh, it seems like there's a lot of anger for perfectly understandable reasons and it's got to go somewhere. And it's very easy to direct that at Austin Hedges or direct that at a move Derek Shelton made or direct that at Rodolfo Castro or Josh Palacios, as you said. And, and once again, like, they do bring it on themselves a lot. They do things that just doesn't – they don't make any sense. And I didn't understand the need for Palacios then. Uh, I guess you're trying to add a little bit of offense and then you're not giving them very many at-bats. And then in the process of not giving him any at-bats or keeping him here, I I, I just don't understand a lot of the moves that are being made with that sort of stuff. Um, But I think it starts with just fans being really upset about things. And, like, I I deal with this all the time, man. Like, fans get so mad and they're nasty and and just so angry about the Pirates. And then the minute something good happens, everybody's rejoicing in it. A really weird <laughs> dynamic, but it's kind of fun to see from the other angle, too.
1: No, it is. Well, Jason, I really appreciate you taking some time, and hopefully, you know, we burned about, I don't know, 20 miles of road on the turnpike for you, <laughs> made it go a little bit faster.
2: All right, buddy. I, I enjoyed the uh, the Pizza Place downtown business rant as well. I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be thinking about places down there. Have a good one. All
1: right, my man. That's Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette. I am Paul's Ice. It's... Uh, 93 coming up we've got actually Noah Howells is coming on uh, at 820 talk about all of this uh, realignment nonsense it's 93.7 The Fan
3: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too
0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/recommend today.
1: Did you ever watch this Thirty for Thirty about the Ravens? About their, 20, you know, about their, uh, the, you know, their defense that they think is the greatest defense ever with Ray Lewis, and this year they, this year they won the Super Bowl with uh, Trent Dilfer. Right? It's a, it's actually a pretty. Do you like these Thirty for Thirties? I'd say they're pretty good. Yeah, this one is actually really well done, although it gets a little obnoxious, you know what I mean, because um, they, I don't know that they were necessarily the, the best defense of all time. They were pretty good, though, you know. They were pretty good. At, uh, at any rate, um, the ACC has got some teams that are losing their damn minds. That was my headline for my story yesterday in the Post-Gazette. Of course, the editors took the word damn out of it unfortunately joining me now on the nevacolon hotline around every corner nevacolon creates real life magic for guests is noah howls uh and uh noah uh, you you you, i understand had the uh exciting assignment today of covering high school track yeah it doesn't get more exciting than that (laughs) actually i i will say but
4: it's a very long event but it is it is it can be very exciting. I mean, it's, it's, it's a unique one in the sense where you get to see so many different athletes competing in so many different events. You get to see, you know, kids who you cover in, in football and basketball if you cover high school sports, which I used to. And it's, it's a really cool display of athleticism. It's just a very long display of athleticism. But nonetheless, uh, always, always happy to help out <laughs> however I can when called upon.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's uh, what a great description of covering track. You sit there for a long, long, long time. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, the reason is because there's an event, there's five heats, then there's the actual event, and some of them are, you know, like longer events, but uh, I'm glad you survived it. And, of course, uh we are uh, here uh, talking about the other other thing you do, which is cover college athletics and uh, Pitt in general. Um, what is going on with these ACC teams? And, it, it, you know, it sounds like they got it resolved. At least they did until the next time uh, somebody feels like they need more money.
4: Yeah. You know, Paul, I think this was just um, – I, I wrote about this subject a couple weeks ago before – It became this big national story uh, earlier this week where this is a long time coming. And it's because the Big Ten's media deal, the new Big Ten media deal, kicks in in July, on July 1st. And once once that becomes active, teams in the Big Ten are going to make over $30 billion a year more than what teams in the ACC are making. And then next summer, the SEC's new media deal kicks in and they'll be making a similar amount. So now you have two Power Five conferences where every team in those conferences are making $30 million or more a year than what the ACC schools are making. And you could think, okay, well, maybe in a couple years the ACC can get a new deal. No, the problem is that deal doesn't expire until 2036. So right now, every team in the ACC is kind of panicking because they they look around and they say, look, the Big Ten and the SEC... They're ahead of us in football to begin with. They have, they're consistently the two schools best represented in that 14 playoff year in and year out. And as this playoff format expands, they don't want it to just be those two schools in that playoff. And so they're panicking, trying to cut down that revenue deficit. And there's been talk about uh, unequal revenue distribution. There's been talk about you know finding other ways within – uh, the resources that they already have, and now I think this is the latest tactic, and, and and I don't think there's any validity to it whatsoever, which I'm sure we're going to talk about more here, um, because they can't get out of it. There's just no way for for them to just say, oh, well, half of our league met with lawyers to examine the 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 literature here, the rhetoric in, in the in the contract and the deal. Well, it's, you know, did they not look over it when it was signed originally or when it was extended in 2018 to go to already 2036? Like, th- this is nothing new. They're just trying to light a fire under someone's butt by saying this and making it public. And it's by no coincidence it's all taking place a couple of months before the new media deal kicks in for the Big Ten and during the spring meetings for the ACC.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, uh, obviously the uh, – the the. the uh, what do they call it? The arms race is a thing. I mean, yeah. let's face it. Um, but is the end game basically for the ACC? They've got to figure out a better deal. Uh, they've got to find more revenue streams. Uh, what do you think has to happen? I mean,
4: there there, there is going to be no deal. There's going to be no new deal because why in the world would ESPN re- renegotiate? They got them for a bargain until almost 2040. I mean, that's, that's, that's a crazy deal to agree to at any point in time. I was talking to my dad on the phone about this when I was driving home from track. I said the only 18-year contract you should ever sign in your life is when you're buying a home. I can't think of another deal where 18 years you can estimate, you know, accurately your value. So I don't know why they ever got into that deal, probably because they thought it would give them stability, and the ACC probably wanted this deal because it would guarantee But schools like Clemson, Miami, or other Florida State, other big-time programs, couldn't go elsewhere. They're stuck here. So that's why the ACC wanted it. Not sure why the schools in the league wanted it. Maybe, like I said, because of stability. But, yeah, that's that's the thing. They've got to figure out how to make this work with what they've got. They they recently hired uh, a consultation firm called Fishbait uh, last fall. That's going to find a way to try to you know get a, get a little bit more out of their resources. I've, I've spoke with a couple of ACC athletic directors this month, and uh, they all highlighted that, hey, we need better coverage for our football. They think that the ACC football they think that their league is branded as a basketball league and their football teams don't get the respect they deserve. I've had a couple of ACC athletic directors tell me straight up that ESPN needs to do better and that they're not getting everything that they deserve out of this deal from ESPN. And they're saying, look, if we're going to be your media partner until 2036, we need better promotion for us because we need to get more revenue and value out of this deal we have. And, again, I think that that's the reasoning behind this coming to public that, oh, we're going to try to you know, maybe break out of the league or whatever. They're not going anywhere. They really can't. But what they're doing is they're trying to shake things up and trying to light a fire under ESPN's rear end. To, to say, hey, we, we got to get something more from what we have right now. And that, that's not going to be a new deal, but it, it's trying to find a different way to create new revenue streams within the things that already exist.
1: Well, and that's what I would tell you is my uh, probably uh, almost frustration or what I'm laughing about, really, is that uh, these people all panicked. They all got together and they thought they were being smarter than everybody, so they they took a, a, a really long deal that didn't make a lot of sense at the time really and they all agreed to sign this grant of rights thing because because uh, you know they wanted to make sure they kept them on, and now they realize that both of those decisions were terrible decisions and they're angry about it. Well whose fault is it? I don't know I
4: mean I, it's, you could you could blame it on the athletic directors, the schools, whomever I uh, I just, I don't know. I wasn't in the meetings. It's, I think it's a group decision. Again, ESPN's got to be laughing because it's like, man, we really got these guys for a bargain. A guy I feel very bad for is Commissioner Jim Phillips because he didn't, he didn't put this deal together. But now he's got to find a way to deal with everything. And if you look at anyone who's reported on this from the Post-Gazette all the way up to CBS and ESPN and Sports Illustrated, everyone that goes on record says, you know, Hey, Jim Phillips is doing a really good job of trying to make the most out of this situation. But the reality is it's such a bad situation. You can't even point a finger anymore. It's just got, you got to point a finger at someone who can save you. And this is a, it's a, it's a, it's a very unique situation because, you know, when, when, when there's talk of this realignment, and this is something that I think doesn't get brought up enough when, when Texas and Oklahoma, Left the Big 12 for the SEC. There was no pre discussion of that. That didn't, that didn't, then rumors didn't pop up. That just happened. Same for, for USC and UCLA. There was no murmur of that. There was no, there was no, you know, secrets or word on the street. It just, that just news just broke because that's what happens when this actually does, when realignment, same for Pitt and Syracuse. There's no pre discussion. It just happened. And so the fact that this, this is like leaked or whatever. Again, during ACC media spring meetings, um, this this was this is just them trying to light a fire under someone's butt. It's like when Reynolds to give a parallel to another sport. It's like when Brian Reynolds requested a trade. It was more just to say, "Look, I'm not happy with everything. Let's do something to make this better." And they're trying to do that. And <laughs> I don't I don't know how it's going to happen, but yeah, it's a mess.
1: It is, and uh, hopefully it goes forward. Um, and uh, they're able to continue uh, to play good football. Now, uh, one of the things that they were discussing is how the the league is going to change now that there's no conferences or now that there's no divisions, and basically just the best two teams will be in the uh, ACC championship game. What do you think about that? I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I think that that's.
4: I don't know. I mean, I, I, I the divisions made it simple as far as scheduling, you kind of knew who you're going to play or whatever. But I have no problem with, with uh, your two best teams playing in the conference championship because I think that that – with an extended college football playoff format, I think that that probably gives you a better chance to get multiple teams into that playoff because they're playing more football games later. It might be you know, a case where you already have one team that's a lock regardless playing a team on the fringe and uh you know that team on the fringe beats the team at the lock and bang you have two, you have two teams in there or it might be a case where you can make it even three i don't know if, if, if you have one team at the lock that's not going to be it i don't know i think that yeah by by no conference uh you know conferences within conference i should say um it's, it's always best to have your two best teams in the league playing for a championship. Last year in the ACC, I thought Florida State was by far the second best team in the league, and the Seminoles didn't play for an ACC title. Instead, North Carolina whooped down on – or, excuse me, Clemson whooped down on a North Carolina team that limped its way into that title game where if we had the two best teams playing, I think we would have got a much more entertaining ACC final between Clemson and Florida State.
1: Uh I, I I I did you read this story by Chad 40 or uh uh Top 40 uh um uh, Pat 40 I mean from uh, Sports Illustrated from today? Yes. Where uh, where the today, quote yeah, where yeah. the quote was basically we we can't we're not going to issue it a statement because we're not unified. We're unified until someone offers a school more money to go somewhere else, everyone else is going to go grab it.
4: Yeah, and then, you know, ironically enough, then you have Brett McMurphy tweeting out that Phillips said that, oh, we're all on the same page now. We figured it out. So (laughs) you just don't know what to believe. But like I said, the reality behind all this is unless one of these schools is willing to pay north of $120 million and not have any media money come in until 2036, they're staying in the ACC. These lawyers aren't going to find anything now that they couldn't find in 2018 through 2023 so nothing's gonna happen they're just trying to create some commotion and make people in charge panic to possibly sweeten the pot for them but there's nothing that can really be done
1: Noah, thank you so much for joining me great stuff and uh i'm sure we'll do it again i'm uh very very soon absolutely thanks, Paul. all right this Noah Howells. Paul it's Noah house i'm paul's Zeiss. it's 93 7 the fan Yeah, the north, wind, of fire. That's always good for your soul. Listen to Cook and Joe Wednesday. Here's Starkey's Card of the Week from uh, Baseball Card Castle. Cranberry Contest run every Wednesday through Friday, 12 p.m. 937 com Contesting page. Text us, uh, text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates remind you to text responsibly. Well, we just talked to Noah Howells about the ACC. And I have to laugh, and I mean this, when I read this story about all of these people in the ACC <laughs> who basically have lost their minds. And basically lost their minds. in thinking that who they are and what they are, it really just doesn't make sense. First of all, if you think about it, they are the ones, they are the ones who all got together when conference realignment was going on And they are the ones that decided, listen, we here in the ACC, we need to stick together. And that means we're going to put together this TV deal, which at the time seemed like it wasn't enough money, number one. And number two, seemed like it would be obsolete rather quickly. So they panicked. Bad leadership, number one. Number two, I don't care what conference you're in. For you to sign a grant of rights deal that basically means you cannot get out of the deal, even if you want to, is bad leadership number two. And all the ACC teams did. The grant of rights basically means this. You can leave if you want, but we get basically all of your TV deal and TV money that you get from your new conference. So you can leave, but you're not making any money because it goes right back to us. They estimate if that one of those teams wanted to leave, it would cost them about 140 to I'm sorry, 130 to 150 million dollars. Now the Florida State uh, athletic director has been hemming and on, and he says, Well, you know, it, it's co- we're we're about 30 million dollars behind. All of the other com- for the power conferences in terms of what we're getting. We can't compete that way. So we have to consider, you know, say it's $150 million to get out of the ACC. We have to consider, you know, that's basically five years. So if we have a 10-year plan, you know, we're going to be $150 million ahead at the end of 10 years. Even if we have to pay that fine. At the end of the day, it's all so dumb. All so dumb. You should have never put yourself in a situation where you couldn't get out. Because now you have to say all kinds of dumb things to try and basically... Make it so that, you know what, the ACC, we can get out of it or whatever and everything else, right? That's the way it goes. I just don't understand it. I don't. I just feel like it's a, a, a very, very simple thing. Um, You know, to me, you made a bad deal and now you got to live with it. I guess you could basically try and, 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 you know, renegotiate, but if you're a TV network, why would you do that? You've got an ironclad deal that's very cheap. <coughs> the other solution they tried to throw out there, which was hilarious, to be honest, was the, oh, uh, well, let's have a tiered payout. You know if you cuz we're a national brand Florida State and Clemson we we should get more money than Boston College. If you start to do that guess what? Guess what? You no longer have a conference. If you start to do that, you no longer have a conference. You can't do that. And it really comes down to, um, in my mind, <clears throat> it really comes down to the idea that, um, if you if you really, really think about it, um, Texas tried to do that in the Big 12, and it ended up almost blowing up the Big 12. USC recently tried to do that in the Pac-12, and it almost ended up blowing up the Pac-12. You can't have one school, and, and quite frankly, you know, and I I mean, this always brings up a sore subject with people around here, but one of the biggest reasons why Joe Paterno's All-Eastern Conference never went is because he insisted that all of the revenue was shared in every sport except for football. And everybody got to keep their own football revenue. I mean, that was never going to work. Never. And that's when Pitt said, the hell with that. We're going to go to the Big East. We can, you know. But my point is that, you know, you can't have it so one school makes more than another school that makes more than another school from the conference. Now, you know, in that that example, Penn State would have made more money from football in the non-shared part. But in terms of bowl money, in terms of TV money, in terms of all the things that conferences share, that has to be equal. That has to be equal. Or else you don't have a conference. And so, you know, where the ACC screwed up is they panicked and took a bad deal because they wanted to try and get everybody, you know, and I'm not talking about the conference. The conference did the right thing because the conference ensured its survival by doing this for at least 10 years. The schools, however, are stupid. And here's the thing. The anonymous ACC source that I quoted, it said, well, guess what? We can't even issue a statement because everybody is still looking for the highest bidder. It's true. It's absolutely true. That's what I would tell you. So it is really, really important to remember that. And I think that's the, that's the key me. That's the key in all of these situations, is that now they've got to live with it. Now they've got to live with it. Period. And I feel like, you know, there's not a lot you can do. And anyway... Uh, we've got to get to uh, a break, but first, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy, SUV month. Come check out Trailblazer, Equinox, and all the redesigned 2024 tracks and online at sunchevy.com. Tonight, clear, low 42, partly cloudy
3: skies, highs in the upper 70s. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com.